I want to welcome Agile XRM to the podcast. I've known the people at Agile XRM for the past 12 years. I've seen how their business process management tool can add massive value to complex organizational processes in sectors such as finance and government. If you have complex processes or a need for dialogues on the Power Platform or Dynamics 365, take a look at how this BPM tool can add value. You can find them at agilexrm.com or check out the show notes for more details. Hi everyone, we're back on the Power 365 show. ISVs, listen up. Ever wondered what makes a top 100 ISV? Well, we're going to empower you during this episode and give you the insights you need to become a part of the top 100. Oh, and we'll explore the secrets of the dev centers. What are they? How do they apply? Etc. How can you tap into them? Here it is now uh, from David Pennington, who leads the efforts around strategic global ISVs and SI relationships with Microsoft Dynamics and the Power Platform. Full show notes, and there's going to be a lot of them here uh, in this episode. Go to nz365guide.com forward slash 95. Now, let's get on with the show. Hi, David. Welcome to the Power 365 show. Hey, Mark. How you doing? Great to be here, and thanks for inviting me on the Power 365 show. Excellent. So so good to have you on. I've known you since 2012, I think, was when I first met you, and uh uh, it was Craig, that another Kiwi, you know, guy working in the product team. I remember him taking me down the hallway and into your office, and introducing me to you. And uh, you actually, a little thing you did at that point had a bit of an impact on me. And that was, you're like, what was your company name? And I said Magnetism, which is a you know a company that I had in New Zealand at the time. And you typed in Magnetism.com, and I just realized then in my mind I was like. You know, you always got to have a .com name for a company name because that's the default people go to. How's <laughs> yeah, that? Yeah, I actually remember me? that. Yep. Mm, mm, mm. So, well, we're seven, eight years on now, and uh, which is interesting because there's not many people that I come across that still in the, you know, the Microsoft Biz Apps ecosystem that have been around for that period of time. I, I think top of mind, only about five people come to mind. Yeah, yeah, no, it's it's been a journey. I, I've been in the uh, Dynamics business for for twelve years, and actually the enterprise business application space for for twenty two plus years. Um, but but yeah, my my whole journey at Microsoft's been in Dynamics um, or the business application group, and it's it's been a it's been an amazing journey, tremendous growth, and um, it's amazing to see where we're at today, um, where we really have extraction of of the applications from the platform and built the amazing ecosystem system of, of ISVs and SIs, uh, dr driving amazing business results where 12 years ago, we were, you know, relatively small and just getting started from a platform perspective to where we're at today. Yeah, so true. So true. Listen, before we start, you know, a bit of a discussion around, you know, your role and particularly the ISV uh, side of things. Um, can you tell us a bit about, you know, where you live, life, hobbies, family, that type of thing, what you do when you kind of not uh, got your Microsoft hat on? Yeah, most of the time these days, I've got my Microsoft hat on, but I do uh, have a personal life and I live here uh, at, at headquarters here in Redmond, Washington. Um, my house is actually in the foothills up in Issaquah. It's a pretty cool area where it's about, you know, 35 minutes up from, you know, where you can ski and snowboard. And it's about another 20 minutes out to the Puget Sound in the lake. So we kind of get a lot of uh, outdoor activities and, you know, 
you know, before I had kids, you know, my, my hobbies used to be around snowboarding, be out on the water and, and be real active with it, with running and things like that. Um, but you know, now with a a parent of two boys and a wonderful wife, my, my boy, uh, my oldest is a teenager. So most of my free time these days is spent, you know, watching their sports on the weekend, basketball, baseball, and football and, uh, coaching their sports. But I do, uh, every now and again, mix in a little round of golf. Nice, nice. So what do they do for sports that you're coaching? Uh, so, yeah, I coach uh, my youngest son in uh, baseball. I used to coach both of them, but I uh, got a little busy with my schedule, and now my older, oldest is on to professional coaches. He's not a pr- professional, but they're, they're paid coaches now. But uh, I coach baseball and um, everything else. I'm, I'm now just a dad in the stands watching, cheering them on. <laughs> cheering them on. So uh, do you have a handicap for your golf? Uh, yeah, really every part is bad. Um, you know, these days, <laughs> um, I've never heard that as a response to the handicap. Yeah, That's brilliant. No, That's well done. I'm pretty well handicapped across the board. Um, no, but I, I really enjoy it. I don't get out as much as I, I'd like. Um, I, I guess I would probably play it a, a 17 or 18 these days, but, mm-hmm. um, but I enjoy it. Nice, nice, nice. You know, uh, as an, I spent a period of time and I played golf uh, once a week for, um, I think about 18 months. And then I've pretty much, much not played it since because I found that I was on the course and I was like, I was always counting down to the, to the end hole. And then I was like, do you know what? You're not really enjoying this. Perhaps it's not for you. (laughs) (laughs) It's a good way to play, not worrying about the score and just enjoying the outside. I, I, you know, as I've gotten older and I play less and less, um, you know, the times you do get out and and enjoy the outdoors, especially in the Pacific Northwest um, in the summertime, uh, it's just nice to get out in the sun. Yeah, I bet. I bet. Um, Tell me about your career journey, particularly like some career highlights that you've experienced while being in the, the business applications team. Yeah, gosh. Well, my career journey, I won't spend too much time on it, but uh, out of school, I, w- I spent some time at IBM. And then after uh, three or four years of that, I got a chance to uh, join a startup and as a pretty young person and got to be their first product manager. And, and we drove a, drove a pretty successful uh, business. I was, I think, the 10th person hired. And um, it's here in Seattle is around call center software and around workforce management stuff, which I really enjoyed. And after about seven, eight years there, I um, joined Microsoft. Uh, that, that company was a partner of Microsoft. And um, so I've spent the, you know, all my 12 years in Microsoft in the, uh, in the dynamic spa- space. And it's interesting because I've had a pretty interesting journey where I haven't just been in one part of the business. I actually joined in the services function. At that time, you know, our SaaS business was nascent. It was just starting. It, this was, you know, I started in 2007, roughly 2006. And uh, we were just building, you know, CRM 2011 at that time. And I had the role to build the first service offerings for our CRM online business. And what that meant is how are we going to support, you know, SaaS-based customers from a support perspective and what programs and and um, services uh, would we provide our end customers? And uh, I also at that time supported our ERP product lines at that time. So it was all around our support offerings, our enhancement plans, maintenance plans. So I managed all that. And then... Um, I got to move into more of a product marketing role. I wanted to, you know, move my career more to a focus on the cloud. So I moved on to the CRM marketing team 
and held various roles in product launches and in um, and then I got into call center, you know, our, our customer service uh, product management. But still, back in those days, you know, our, our applications were, were so intertwined with the platform that when you purchased the CRM product, you got all of our apps because we didn't have an extraction of the apps to the platform. And then I got the opportunity uh, to to come over to uh, the engineering side and actually start to work on our strategy around uh, acquisitions uh, because we had a lot of gaps to f- fill as, as a part of our first party apps in order yeah, to compete yeah. with Salesforce and others. So um, that was back in the time when we did some of our acquisitions around marketing pilot, which is was our which is now our marketing automation solution, NetBreeze, some of the social listening things and Parature. And so that was a that was a fun journey. And and then I spent the next five years um, as chief of staff for three corporate vice presidents in engineering in engineering, uh, ending with uh, some work I did with our current uh, corporate vice president, uh, James Phillips. And so so that was uh, interesting. It's probably a longer tenure at a chief of staff than most people do at Microsoft, but uh, it was certainly enlightening. And then um, I got back to what, what I really cared about, what I really wanted to do, which is, you know, focusing on building our ecosystem and building the power of the platform. The platform isn't powerful if you can't bring, uh, you know, a variety of, of ISVs to want to wanna come and build on the platform. So James asked me uh, in engineering to build a team that would help promote the power platform, help um, develop tools and frictionless onboarding for ISVs. And so that's really what my team does today. We focus on two areas. One, we focus on breadth ISVs. So making sure that you can get the tools, the training, the readiness you need uh, in our web experiences, helping build community, and then helping making sure that getting that information, building your app, onboarding onto AppSource, and certifying your app is uh, is an easy process. And I know it always hasn't been, but I hope what you see today, uh, we've done a lot of work in that area. And so my team has that as one part of our charter. The other part of our charter is really focusing on um, making 100 ISVs wildly successful so the masses, the thousands, want to be one of the hundreds. So it's it's with a high-touch solution architects, PMs, guiding you know some of those top ISVs to, to, to be successful as they onboard onto the platform. And then more recently, I'm hoping I'm not taking away from too much of our other questions. It's it's really around, um, you know, building tools like accelerators. And I think you had uh, Smith Codio uh, talk a little bit about some of the accelerators, um, but it's building, you know, a way for ISVs to come build industry solutions in a more accelerated fashion for them to lower costs for ISVs to onboard to the platform. Yeah, so good, so good. So obviously a lot is happening in the, in this whole iOS, ISV eco uh, s- system, if you like, and then the space, which is really exciting because, you know, in my experience of being involved with the technology for a long time, for there was, there was a period where it became very app-focused, and now we're seeing that, you know, the app separation, as you've talked about in the last 18 months, and which gives a massive opportunity to ISVs out there to build, you know, line of business applications. So, so first off, what is the kind of measuring stick when defining a top ISV from from your point of view? Yeah, and I, I first wanted to address the comment about uh, focus on apps to a focus on platform. Um, uh, yeah. Uh, so, so I, I will say that you know our first-party apps are are really um, critical and important to our overall business strategy, um, but it's also a way you know uh, how we can show the power of the platform because today, once an ISV looks at what's possible to build on the platform, well, our first-party apps are an example of what's possible to build on the platform. It's the perfect example of what can be 
can be built. And sometimes they use the analogy that, you know, when Microsoft started in the, you know, hardware business, uh, you know, with, with laptops and building the surface, it was to show the power of what's possible with windows. When there was this time when, you know, uh, Apple and came out with other form factors and devices, and we wanted to press the other hardware manufacturers to show what's possible. And, and that's one thing that surface, um, did for us. And we continue to have a successful hardware and surface business today. Um, our first party apps are, are that same way. And we're providing tons of value for our enterprise customers, and but leaving tons of space for our ISVs to innovate between the applications, on top of the applications, and net new applications. Um, but yes, what you'll see you know, moving forward is continuing to double down and make big investments in the platform to not only serve our first party apps, but also you know, creating net new applications that never existed before, right? And and also creating more relevance in, in specific industries. And and we've communicated, look, that we're not going to build deep industry verticals. That's that's really not uh, what we are. Microsoft's a platform company. And while we do have amazing applications um, and first party SaaS apps like Office, like Dynamics, you know, sales service marketing, operations, talent, finance, we're innovating a lot there. Uh, but as you as we move forward, you will see us, um, you know, focus our attention on building a world class platform that every ISV wants to come build on because it's both economical and also um, from a pure stack pers perspective, if you look at you know everything from the IaaS to the APaaS to the SaaS layer, we give you a lot more options on where you want to start your business process or business application. And then we stitch all those pieces together, all of the Azure services, the cognitive services, the AI, and then providing you citizen developer tools or pro dev tools to go do what you need to do. Uh, in an economical way. Second, like you asked it. about, yeah, sorry. Yeah, 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 about the yeah. top ISVs, yeah. Yeah, about the top ISVs. So the, the way that we look at top ISVs, and it's not saying that one ISV is, is different or better than it, than another, you know, we want to welcome all ISVs, and we will um, develop content and um, and and develop the platform for you know brand new startup ISVs, um, established ISVs that have you know there are companies that have been around for a hundred years that have built client server applications and are still migrating because of the industry uh, they're in uh, to the cloud. Uh, but what I would say that what we're trying to do is for for those certain type of ISVs that are uh, market leading or or market making, right? There's new markets emerging and and things happening around digital transformation. Um, we're looking at you know kind of the the largest companies in the world that are looking to innovate within their particular space. We're looking at industries that are uh, growing rapidly and are investing in digital transformation. And we're making we're making big bets there. And we're trying to identify there are some that will be existing ISVs today that that drive revenue and that are growing quickly in their market. We're looking for people that are making bets on the Microsoft stack, right? If you're an ISV that you know uh, plays Switzerland in a manner and just says, hey, you know we work with any um, um, cloud business vendor and we just want to you know get access to your install base um, while that's interesting and we want to help them they may not be one that we you know deeply invest in terms of uh, dedicated high-touch resources but those that are willing to commit to the platform uh, commit to the power platform in Azure and Azure and leverage the Microsoft tech technologies that's who we're trying to identify as ones that we want to also deeply invest in yeah yeah, this, this is great. This is great stuff. So what patterns are you seeing in very successful ISVs? Like, and I'm, I'm not talking about just the adoption of the technology. What about things like business model? What do you see they do effectively about their go-to-market? Um, yeah, what's your view? 
Yeah, so so the most successful um, ISVs I've seen really focus on their own unique IP. You know, whether it's industry specific, whether it's horizontal applications that extend uh, the power of the platform. And what I mean by this is that, you know, if you're building a patient engagement application in health, why worry about you know building things like case management, security models, special views? You know, let the platform handle that, so you can focus on that valuable IP and that valuable investments that you're making. Um, and, you know, your engineering um, and focus on the thing that makes you truly unique. And I'd also say from a commercial standpoint, it's it's important to understand how to leverage the different licensing programs um, based on the engineering decisions that you make. Um, you know, there are things that can take advantage if you're not going to, you know, I, I don't want to get deeply technical on the, the platform stack, but if you're not going to, you know, as you develop what your scenario is, if it's not going to be leveraging too much of the, you know, restricted entities or, or whatnot, there are options around P1 and P2 that allow you to build your solution in the same fashion we build our first party apps and also have a viable commercial model. Um, you know, to go forward with. So I think it's it's both as you, do, you know, understand what the platform can do, you identify the scenarios that you want to support, you leverage the best of the platform so you don't have to worry about maintaining and building all the things that, you know, the Power Platform and Azure can take care of for you and you focus on your industry solution. Um, you know, I think that's, that's what's critical. And then understanding how you're going to go to market to make sure that, um, you know, the, your cogs and the costs that you're paying for the licenses that you use are optimized to fit your go to market. And then also, once you identify that, it's how do I best want to go to market? Do I want to go to market direct with an SI with Microsoft? Do I want to go after the install base or do I want to go after net new? All of those decisions, uh, that you make, um, would, uh, also influence on how potentially you build. If you want to go net new, you want to co-sell with Microsoft, you have to understand what incents Microsoft sellers. And so, you know, there are things that it pulls through that Microsoft sellers care about, that they get paid for, that they get quota retirement for. So the more things you wrap around that drives behavior in our field will then drive success on how you want to go to market along with Microsoft. But it, it doesn't also mean that, hey, I've got to design a way to sell Microsoft licenses in order, you know, for Microsoft to care. I may be a connect partner and just want access because I'm running into a lot of Microsoft Dynamics customers or Power Platform customers, but I want to connect into the solution so they know that my uh, solution is viable and can be, you know, downloaded from AppSource. And, you know, so all of them are, are goodness. Not one is better than another. It's just options mm -hmm. based on how you want to go to market. Yeah, interesting. Because, you know, I kind of see there's two... Uh, separations in the type of ISVs out there. And one of them, I, I'd even hesitate to say that perhaps I wouldn't call them an ISV, they're a publisher. So, you know, they've, they've come up with an idea, they've chucked an app up in the app source, that type of thing. And they expect all of a sudden, you know, they've, they've watched a movie, build it and they'll come. And uh, <laughs> they, they expect all of a sudden a deluge of, of, of sales and it doesn't necessarily happen. I feel they they haven't put a business model behind what they've done. They've been opportunistic, if you like, and throwing some IP into AppSource, where I feel a true ISV looks at the holistic business model much more broadly and, and look at, you know, how they go to market, how they sell, sell the product, how they even smarter around licensing, if you like, because I've seen a lot of ISV solutions that put a an exorbitant price on it that is compared with, if you like, Microsoft's uh, sale price of the where whatever the core cals are associated with it, and I think there's you know a lot of them are not thinking about the whole business model around being an ISV. 
Absolutely, Mark. You hit the nail on the head. And I'd also say, you know, and I talk to ISVs every day, every day of the week. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm meeting with many ISVs and a lot of them are new. Some of them are coming from competing platforms. Some of them are, you know, assess, assessing building uh, natively on Azure or looking at the APAS of the power platform built on Azure. And, and, and you know, one of the first things that they always ask is, you know, they, they say, hey, we want to understand what the platform can do, but we all also want to get, really, we want to understand how we can co-sell and get co-marketing from Microsoft. Um, but then they're not yet committed to either move to Azure or the Power Platform. And that's where the discussion is really, you know, about around what really incents some of the the field and the marketing to go ahead and drive connections because our field's not going to want to pull ISVs in necessarily if they could get into pull us into a competitive situation. Um, so you know, I think um, you know, I, I think I think you're absolutely right. Nice, nice. So tell me, what type of tools uh, Microsoft either have available now or creating to really enable ISVs in their journey to the Power Platform? Yes, there's a bunch of innovative and, and things that, that we're, on, especially my team, is creating around the Power Platform. And also there's Charles Lamana's team who's building uh, tons of tools. Um, really for us, we have a lot of the tools and a lot of the training that can always get better. Uh, but for, for us, it's really about surfacing those tool, tools to the ISV so it's easy to find, easy to consume, and then easy to act on. Um, so we, we are building out, we have an, uh, an investment plan and in, in, in building additional content and training and you know maybe post this call. Mark, I have a, a bunch of links to, to provide Fantastic. you. Yeah, and one of the good. things that I wanted to identify, though, today, there is a new web experience um, that you can go to. So if you go to you know dynamics.microsoft.com or you can get there through Microsoft if you find Dynamics. And if you hit the Partner tab, there's a brand new tab up there that um, once you click on it and it says Become a Partner, it'll identify the different types of partners that you can be. It'll provide the value proposition. And then, and then it'll explain that we have today... Um, a taxonomy where we identify three different types of ISV. There's a build ISV, there's an extend ISV, and there's a connect ISV. And it describes each of them along with um, links on how to get started in each, um, how to build access to APIs, um, training, a, a bunch of information. And that's one of the areas where I mentioned, you know, we had a lot of materials, it was dispersed all over the place. And now we're trying to build a guided experience for ISVs to easily find the, the most current information to allow them to make the best decisions um, about becoming a partner, what type of partner they want to be and how to get started. And so you'll see those things coming out. The other thing I would uh, highlight, uh, Mark, is and um, is the accelerators um, that, that we're putting in market today. And so one of the things that we identified, and you had asked, um, you know, early a little bit about the different types of ISVs and, you know, do people, and I know there, um, we might get into a discussion around um, horizontal or vertical, but Today, Microsoft has uh, alignment in sales and marketing around prioritized industries. And um, so there's a lot of questions around um, how do I come in and build my industry vertical? And do I have to come into the CDS and do I have to build out the data mo model myself? So today what we're doing is we're building industry data models that map to industry standards. So out of the box, 
um, our power platform is relevant for certain industries. We've built one today or already for healthcare that, that that's out and you can learn about that through the become a partner page or through the common data model page or our industry pages. Uh, we've also released the non-for-profit. Uh, we've also released the education specifically aimed at higher education. And then we also have the automotive um, one that's uh, releasing in, in April. And we have a whole list that will be coming down um, uh, the pipe as well. And if ISVs are interested in, in joining or learning more, they can not only go out to our web properties, but there's also a web page um, uh, through that portal and that web experience where you can say, hey, I want to learn more about a new industry and I want to become, I want to get uh, as a part of it and learn more about when the next uh, accelerator is going to come out. So you can, you can enter your details in there and say you want to be a part of it as we build these things out and we release them. And so this will help ISVs that are going into health for example, and they don't have to go build a new mo data model. It's I out like on it. GitHub, it's out on AppSource, and you can get it today and use it today. Yeah, yeah. Massive time saver, right? Massive time saver for ISVs. Can you can you just unpack for me, build, connect, and extend? They're kind of three distinct categories, uh, and ISVs could really sit in any of those threes. Can you explain each one for me? Sure. I'm going to do things in a very simple way on these build, connect, extend. Over the years, we've used different terminology, um, but but I think this is the uh, the best way that we've come out to classify ISVs. Now, one thing to to be clear on: an ISV can be all three of these, and ISV can be two of these. Um, but primarily what we're trying to talk about when we talk about build is those ISVs that don't want to take a dependency on Microsoft first-party apps, so like a Dynamics uh, 365 app, sales, service, marketing, operations, talent, finance. If you don't want to take a dependency and you want to build with P1 or P2 directly on the Power Platform, that's what we consider a build example. An extend example is one in which, um, like I mentioned earlier and gave the healthcare example, and let's say I want to use the accelerator and I want to leverage case management because I don't want to go build case management. I'm doing a patient engagement system and maybe I'm doing a niche thing on top of that. I don't want to have to maintain and build that code over time. I want to leverage what Microsoft's already built there. Um, that's what we consider extending. You're extending the entity model. You're taking a dependency on the customer service uh, SaaS app along with the Power Platform. Yeah, that makes sense. So Connect, uh, sorry, can you yeah, break down Connect for yep. me? Yep, and Connect is one um, where uh, let's say that you're directly just connecting to an API or you're, you're uh, wiring an iframe, um, but you're, it's just a API connection. You're not taking a dependency on the platform necessarily or extending an application. It's, it's simply, and, and this is the lowest bar to entry, what I'd say. And, and a lot of um, ISVs that first come to me and say, hey, I want to crawl, walk, run. You know, we, we have an application today. We'd love to get it um, you know, into the hands of Dynamics customers. We'd like to say we're integrated. We have plans over time to, to come and build net new scenarios on, on the Power Platform. You know, that's where I'd say the crawl, walk, run. Certainly, we'd like love everybody to see the power of the platform, but we understand it takes an you know investments. And if you know smaller ISVs or startups have already started down a path, you know tomorrow they don't have to go replatform everything. Sure, you know I'd love to help them do that, but I, I think you know being practical, um, there is a, a natural path that they could get there. Just knowing at different points, whether it's connect, whether it's um, you know build or or extend, you might get various levels of support from Microsoft or the field.
Yeah, yeah, makes sense. So if I looked at examples in that space, you know, what jumps to mind for me is Connect would be something like a Twilio integration. Um, extend uh, in my mind would be something like Map Tasker up in uh, uh, App Source there. And then a build scenario, I suppose, would be, you know, what I've seen with Rapid Start, where, you know, a full application built directly on the Power Platform. Do you have any other examples of kind of companies that, that uh, people may have heard of that are kind of in one of these three categories? Sure. I mean, Extend Click Dimensions is is one of our uh, great Extend partners that have uh, extended marketing automation. Um, you know, we ha- we've had Extend uh, with Campus Management, which is you know one of the largest um, you know student information system vendors who are now uh, extending actually most of the first party apps. Indigene is a life sciences company that uh, competes with Viva. They've extended the customer service and the sales app and the marketing app. They also do build scenarios as well. If you look at pure, uh, you know, build um, uh, ISVs, and this is relatively new, by the way. I yeah, mean, those exactly. of you that have worked with the Power Platform and P1 and P2, uh, this is, you know, this is where we see the largest uh, area of growth. Uh, but, but companies, you know, interesting companies like Simple and Advi. Um, are ones that have built, you know, uh, more of the marketing resource manage MRM and ad agency um, uh, capabilities. But I would tell you most of the extend today are also build, right? They go and extend a certain scenario and then they want to build a net new business process that doesn't require a dependency on a first party app. And then they go build. Um, And so I, I would say that, you know, our legacy has really been around the extend because as I mentioned before, we had a lot of, um, uh, dependencies on our first-party apps in the platform, and as we've now extracted those with the Power Platform tools like Power Apps, Flow, um, and leveraging Power BI, um, now people are saying, hey, I don't have to take a dependency on the first-party app. I'm building a scenario that actually leverages mostly you know, the non-restricted entities, so I'm just going to go b- build net new scenarios, and this is where we see the largest area of growth. Yeah, yeah, awesome, awesome. So just, just you know, give me a gut kind, kind of feel here. What do you see the split of ISVs between these categories? Do you see one dominant more than the other, perhaps extend because it's been around the longest? Yeah, and then kind of you know, where do you see the white space? Yep, so um, extend, of course, is the largest. I think if you see most of the apps that connect into the Power Platform or the customer engagement system or, you know, the FNO in the past has has really been around, you know, extending the apps. Um, so it's probably 70, 80% of our legacy. Um, now, a lot of those scenarios that used to be extend are now starting to, um, you know, starting to migrate more to the build uh, element. But as I mentioned, we see most of it on build, but it's a much smaller percentage, but the highest growth. And Connect has probably stayed equivalent. You know, it's probably about you know 10 to 20% of the apps out there, maybe a little bit larger. I'd have to check that. Um, but but certainly Extend is is where our, uh, you know, roots have been. It, it, it's almost like if you looked at in the past, you know, moving from cloud to, 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 to SaaS, you know, there was a time when, you know, we were 90% uh, on-prem and 10% cloud. And, and now today we're, you know, 80% cloud and 20% on-prem, something like that. Um, but the large majority are, are, are cloud. I would say that um, this doesn't mean to diminish Extend. Extend plays a critical role um, for a lot of ISVs and into the future. It just means that we'll see more and more ISVs choose because of the economical purposes yeah, of yeah, building yeah. natively on the on the platform. Mm-hmm. We're just seeing you know tremendous growth on the build side. Wow, that's so good. That's so. Can you explain the difference between vertical and horizontal solutions, and and why I kind of I know there's a kind of to some degree there can be a gray area, but my my perception is that if you want to sell through partners as an ISV, 
um, horizontal is the way to go. So in other words, you're not adding any services in. But if you've really got a, it's harder for a um, another partner to or an SI, shall we say, sell vertical because vertical generally comes with you need a, a you know a bunch of, or a group of people that have deep um, you know. Um, uh, what would I say, subject matter expertise in the vertical, right? So let's say you're doing a solution that was aimed at nurses, right? You'd need to understand the challenges, the, what the product solves in that industry. And you're not going to get a an SI that kind of is a jack of all trades, does dynamics implementations, then be able to all of a sudden have deep knowledge around how nurses, you know, a solution for nurses. What what What's your view on vertical and horizontal? Yeah, so horizontal solutions, you know, an example is mobile solutions or, it, you know, it, it could be communication type things. It could be, you know, omni-channel capabilities within customer service and sales. Um, it could be, you know, inside sales type um, solutions. It, it, it's broadly ap- applicable across all sales organizations. And and there's a broad market for those things. When I typically think of, of vertical, I really think of of industry and industries, you know, we're kind of prioritized around, you know, our, our key um, prioritized industries, but under those major industries, like if you look at financial services, there's a whole host of micro verticals under those, you know, from, from retail uh, to commercial, to private wealth management, to insurance. Um, And so, you know, as an ISV, you know, as you build into those particular verticals, you you know you you can be a lot more successful in ways because there's not a lot of competition as you go down the micro vertical path. Now you're right that SIs aren't necessarily going to be a super micro vertical focus, but many of the SIs today have global practices around you know certain industries, whether it's oil and gas, telco, Correct. financial yeah, yeah, services, yeah. and so I think um, you know as you evolve yourself more and and you you know global SIs are going to focus on enterprise. But as you build uh, solutions vertically and for particular industries, you want to, you know, talk to the practice leads at the SIs um, because they do have uh, industry expertise. Now, they may not go into the niche vertical of, you know, like where you mentioned, you know, patient check-in or, or nurse management or thing, things like that. Um, but but again, I think we're trying to work with our ISVs to, to go vertical because again, as I mentioned earlier, we're a platform company. We are going to continue to build broad horizontal you know, uh, in customer engagement and FNO capabilities uh, across our platform stack with our first party apps. And, you know, when I had ISVs in the past come to me and say, hey, you know, we're more of a horizontal today, um, you know, is Microsoft, what's their roadmap? Are they going down this? Am I going to find myself competing with them in the future? And if you're going after, you know, the CMO, you know, I would say that oftentimes I can't say that, you know, down the road, we're not going to build certain things because that is a target of one of our marketing apps. But if you go down a particular industry like financial services and you're doing uh, retail banking, um, that's not an area that, you know, we're building um, industry IP. We're building accelerators to help bring ISVs to come build. But again, we're not going down that last mile and helping uh, develop IP deep for the financial services market. Um, we still want horizontal solutions, and there's still a tons of horizontal solutions um, 
you know, for sales, service, marketing, you know, finance and operations and talent um, that cut across those. And those are still viable. Um, it, it just, you know, and, and they have actually a larger audience. But in terms of pinpointing, going to an SI, going deep and knowing that, you know, Microsoft or other larger companies aren't going to go into that vertical, your best bet is, is to look vertical in industry. Mm-hmm. So, you know, one of the, the things I've been speaking a bit about lately is that Dynamics 365 is dead. And I follow then after a pause, of course, with Long Live the Power platform. And and I feel that uh, there's a lot of people, perhaps from the traditional side of the ecosystem, they haven't really understood the power platform and the app separation that happened in the last 18 months. And that, you know, if there's not really a need to have a dependency on uh, a Dynamics 365 product that you can build directly on the Power Platform, are you kind of, do you see the future in the next, you know, 18 months as quite a pivot to where people are going to just, they're going to start with, you know, CDS and build their dedicated applications at that layer? Yeah, so... it's a good question. First, I, I wouldn't say, you know, Dynamics 365 is dead. It, it plays a <laughs> critical... Imp- it's it's, it's, it's for shock, crit- right? <laughs> yeah, yes. No, I, I get it. And, you know, there there have been analysts and pundits that said CRM is dead. And, and yes, the terminology of it is dead. And the way it was pl- applied in the past and, and, and how CRM had failed many different times in the past, um, yeah, those components are, are dead. And the way we think about Dynamics 365 are extremely powerful business process applications that if you have a business challenge that you need to go solve for, what do people do? They say they go out and they say, is there an app to help solve my problem, which is the start of digital transformation? Yes, I have a you know patient engagement problem, you know, Yes, there are ISVs out there, but if I have a sales app problem, I'm going to go out and I'm going to look at all the competitors in the space, but I'm going to find an app for that. The value that we bring is not only do we have an app for that, we have the extensibility of that app for that um, because no app is ever going to you know meet all of the needs of the end customer. Every customer is unique and their business is unique. They want to know that they have the ability to either build, extend, customize from a business administrator level, as well as they have the capability to go deep into the pro dev tooling. And that's what the power of the platform is. But the apps are critically important. Not only it shows the power of the platform and what it can do, but they're extremely effective in helping in digital transformation. You're right, however, that um, we only gave that option in the past, right? So now we're opening up a whole bunch of new opportunities for ISVs to say, you know, I don't want to have to take a dependency on a first party app that starts at X number of dollars that potentially will make me uncompetitive in my particular industry. Now we're giving them the option to go directly to the power platform, build net new scenarios with power apps and citizen developer tools or leverage pro dev tooling to go build you know whatever business process you want whether no matter how small or how large as an enterprise application i now have that power the same way microsoft does to build our first party apps i just see because of the more options we there was only one way to do it in the past now there's many different ways and many different options and many different price points allow you to be effective in your industry so that's why we're seeing the the larger uh area of growth on the power platform versus solely just extending the first party apps yeah yeah so i i I, before i just going to chuck an off-topic question that was posed to me today well not off topic it's on topic and so it's a line so 
Um, there's an ISV out there that I was talking to. They have a, a solution that uh, is built on, um, you know, the Dynamics apps, um, a range of them. And, and, but what it does, it has a connection through to Azure that drives a lot of Azure consumption. We're talking about potential in the millions of dollars of Azure consumption. But the current model is, unless they sign um, those Azure credits through on their own profile, as in they don't kind of get that, you know, where they have to make a commitment to consumption, let's say a couple of hundred thousand a year, they're, you know, they're wanting to set all their customers up on their own Azure instance. But at the moment, there's no way for them to get recognition for driving, you know, potentially millions of dollars of Azure consumption. Do you think there might be changes in the way uh, recognition works in the future for like this, this example use case? Is a massive benefit to Microsoft and the and the, and the consumption it's driving. Absolutely, Mark. And and, and what I would say is this. Um, and I talked to, to to many ISVs and, and and the other. And I'll correlate another challenge is that there are uh, many uh, ISVs that want to build on the Power Platform, and it could even be extending, as, as you mentioned, a first party app. And and with the Power Platform on Azure, some of the Azure components aren't being recognized or uh, with the field sellers and others because they get recognized for the dynamics piece of it, but not for the, uh, the ACR. The other piece to what, it what, what's is, what's ACR stand for? Sorry. Uh, uh, the, um, Azure consumed, Azure consumed revenue. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yep. Great. And, and to your point, and men, many of the other, um, things that they build ancillary that may not be driven on the power platform, but they might have another service that op operates on Azure or build up other instances on Azure that complements their power platform. They don't get credit for. So we recognize we recognize some of these challenges, and um, I don't have the perfect answer for you today. But uh, there are some new changes coming that I can tell you that that will be occurring, and so stay tuned on that front. And you know, again. We're we're moving so fast, and and you know not only with product launches and and go to market opportunities for ISVs, it's a, an extreme focus across Microsoft for us. That I would say that you're going to see a ton of new programs coming to help ISVs, as well as you know on this front, um, as you mentioned, we we do recognize this challenge and look to address it very soon. Fantastic. So so I probably should have started with this, but like, how big is the potential market opportunity for ISVs? Like, I assume that you've done a range of research over the next two to five years, you're bound to have um, IDC reports, things like that. How big is this kind of, uh, you know, I've just seen a report recently showing that, you know, Power Apps for low-code dev is now, you know, top right corner of Gartner, uh, Gartner. And so what are the type of figures that you see are the potential explosion in this line of business application arena that could kind of fit itself perfectly on the Power Platform? Yeah, so the business uh, application market, you know, is is a tremendous financial opportunity for ISVs as it is for Microsoft, which is why we continue to double down in this business and you hear Satya and others talking about this as, you know, the third cloud at Microsoft. Um, you know, it's got a total addressable market. I think this number was, you know, 2018, but you know, around $400 billion and an annual market growth of 20%. And with Microsoft Dynamics growing, you know, um, roughly uh, around 50%, uh, we're well two and a half times over what the market is going. So if you make your bet 
on the power platform and dynamics, you have your you have the opportunity to grow at the same rate, if not higher, than even Microsoft is growing. So the opportunity is huge. In terms of projections, who knows? You know, I've seen, you know, a trillion dollars and it in and, and, and it explodes once you start talking about digital transformation, even as you go outside the lens of business applications. So I think look, I mean I think the the answer is that that the opportunity is huge and you see Microsoft making the big investment in it. And I think that should be an indication with the the rate of growth that we have is that we're, you know, a good platform and a good uh, engine to help hook your wagons to in terms of being a part of uh, the train moving forward. Awesome. Awesome. Listen, one of the things I'll always like to get for the show um, and, and leave in the show notes is is links to resources. So I uh, take it there's a, a bunch of resources. In fact, by the time the show goes live, I'm expecting there'll be even new resources come. Can you send me a bunch of links so we can make sure that those ISVs out there that want to kind of see, you know, even stuff we've already talked about um, around, uh, you know, the the Build, Connect, Extend and that that stream. If you can send those through, that would be awesome. And I'll probably um, close with this final question before we get on to um, such things as um, my, my, if you like, quick fire questions. No, actually, I'm going to ask a, a few things on DevCenter. But tell me, there's a lot of SIs out there that um, have been working on, you know, in various industry sectors for a long time and the concept of IP harvesting. So, you know, as in we're talking about legally that they, they, they own their IP to what they have. Those businesses I've never seen effectively really create ISV solutions that are coming out of the SI. But do you think there's an opportunity for them to to really kind of spin up new business units that specifically focus on creating IP that actually, in other words, sell it as a product rather than sell um, the services that wrap around that? Yeah, so this is a, this is a good question. And, and, and we've been um, working with SIs for years to try to build repeatable IP for industry. And, and some of them have done a... Um, an okay job at it. They've built good IP, but in terms of making it repeatable, um, I just don't, I, I have not seen it. And it's not because they, they can't build the IP. It, it's, but their whole business is, and their, how, how their um, P&L, everything else in the whole company work is, is all around the services piece. So in, in terms of implementation, it's not about something that they can replicate. It's around something to solve a client's need. And so um, their whole business model isn't um, conducive to that sort of thing. It's funny, I, uh, back in my call center days, um, you know, I would go into call centers and this is, you know, uh, back in the early uh, 2000s um, and mid, or sorry, yeah, early 2000s. And uh, you go into a call center and they ran their call center just the way their business. You'd have a cruise ship, um, you, you know, uh, there's one here in Seattle that uh, they ran exactly their call center when they got a request from a customer and they'd fax down the information to the people downstairs just as, and, and the same way as a retail would work. They, they ran it like that. So it's interesting. I think a SI would have to, you know, really transform to be able to support the repeatable IP. And that's why it's important, I think, for ISVs to mature their IP and work with the right SIs because that ISVs can really provide value to the SI by packaging that repeatable IP for those industries. And so I just haven't seen anybody really <laughs> Me do it well yet. Um, I, I know a lot of created IP. It's not to say they can't. It's just not their, yep. what they're really good at. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So listen, I know you'll know a bunch about dev centers and I've heard whispers of these from time to time, but can you explain what dev centers are and what's the purpose of dev centers and who can access them? Sure. Um, 
I'll make it really simple. So Dev Centers is a program that we established um, that is a collection of some of our um, top SIs and regional SIs that do really good work that we've vetted, we've interviewed. They have to follow a bunch of things that, you know, is a part of that agreement. Um, they have to participate in the community. They have to speak at events. They have to do, um, they have to be vetted. They have to be certified, all those different types of things. Um, and then, and what we did this for, I'll just take a sidebar on this, is every, most ISVs that are new to Dynamics, new to the Power Platform, when they come in and, and we do an architecture session and they realize that, wow, this technology is amazing. We want to make our bet on this platform, but we don't have a lot of uh, Dynamics experience. We don't have a lot of developers that understand the platform really well. Um, it would be quicker as a time to market if you guys had somebody you could direct us to that actually had engineers and developers that have experience in working with I ISVs to go build it for us or do the integration for us. Um, and, you know, before we would just cast a broad net out to all SIs. So we started thinking, hey, you know, maybe what we should do to help scale out our solution architecture help is say, look, you know, if you have a need and you're in a certain geography and you want, um, whether it be FNO experience, um, you know, business central, whether it's customer engagement, you know, historical CRM, or it's building natively in the power platform, who are the best partners I should go talk to, to, to go build these new scenarios? We would have a list for them and we could provide them uh, those names and do an introduction to them. There is a dev center link out on the website. It's both on app source as well as on our partner pages. Uh, that talks about the Dev Center. We have, um, I think we have 12 today and expanding. We're not ending with that. We have them all over North America, Western Europe, Eastern Europe, LATAM, APAC, Australia. Um, and they're split up also by um, what they do really well. So you can actually go on the website and get uh, referred to one right from the website, or you can also reach out, um, you know, you can reach out to me as well, davidp at microsoft.com, and I can send you that information as well. Awesome. And, I, and once again, I'll get you to flick me those links so we can make sure they're in the show notes. People can jump straight to them. Okay, let's get on to some quick fire questions to wrap up. It's, it's been a very interesting conversation. First of all, what's your best purchase under $100? Not allowed to be food, not allowed to be drink. <laughs> it's not allowed to be food? No, 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 no. And it, well, and it doesn't need to be recent, right? It could, well, it could I be gotta back tell in you, time. So, so I'll give you one. Mm -hmm. Maybe this is my sentimental one, but it plays okay. into food. And it's, uh, it was a lot of money for me at that time, but I, I made the choice to do it, was paying the dinner bill for the first date with my future wife. She's now my wife of, you know, now, uh, 18 awesome. years, but that was the best money I spent because had we not gone out and I hadn't spent the last 80 bucks I had to take her out, um, we might not be together today. I love it. I love it. Really, oh, and I, I got to really say one answer. more. And yeah, I'm okay. a bit of a precious metal guy. And so I believe silver today is a really good buy at its current ratio relative to gold. So I buy silver. Interesting. Interesting. That's, yeah, insightful. What's one thing on your bucket list uh, that hasn't been checked off yet? Take my family to a uh, American football NFL Super Bowl, uh, preferably wow. the Seahawks. I missed that opportunity yeah. years ago because my youngest was too young. But uh, I've never been to a Super Bowl. Uh, football is a, a love and passion of mine. So I would want to take my family and go. Nice, nice. What advice would you give to your younger self? Don't sweat or worry about the small stuff. Always look, uh, I'd say, always look at the positive and opportunity in any obstacle or adversity. Nice, nice. 
Who do you recommend as a guest uh, on a future show? Uh, you know, from within your your world of influence, and um, particularly targeting these ISV type uh, listeners. Any recommendations? Yeah, so I would recommend um, uh, my my boss, Stephen Guggenheimer. Googs is a you know, 26, 27 year veteran of Microsoft, wow. been a corporate vice president for a very long time. He ran uh, our partner, our ISV and partner program when it was DX uh, before he ran it globally across the world. And because Dynamics and the Power Platform has been a, such a critical focus of the company, uh, they put Steve in charge to, to drive this new team, making a big investment in the Power Platform and in the business application group. And he'll have a ton of insights. There's so many things, positive changing. Yeah, yeah. So many investments we're making for ISVs. I think he'd be great to have on the show next. Awesome. Awesome. David, it has been great to have you on the show. Before you go, if people want to connect with you online, where can they find you across the social channels? Uh, on Twitter, it's at Pennington03. That's P-E-N-N-I-N-G-T-O-N-0-3. Um, quite active. And uh, you can always reach out to me on email, davidp at microsoft.com. Hey, thanks for listening. ISVs, feel free to get in touch, share your stories, collaborate, or maybe you need mentoring to take you to the next level. Please reach out on any of the social media platforms, NZ365Guy. And don't forget to subscribe now to NZ365Guy and get the latest updates on our free mentoring challenging uh, happening mid-year. Full show notes can be found at NZ365Guy.com forward slash 95. And until next time, 